Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you're with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Because Mon's away. Yeah. But she will be back. She will be back. Lawson, we're so glad you're filling in for Mon while she is away. And amazing program we have coming up on today's show. The reason that we know that it is an amazing program is because this is the... Delayed broadcast. It, it is indeed. It's, yeah. So you think we are here, but we are not here. We're not here. We're we, talking We were from here the some future. other day. That's yeah. right. From the past. Future. Yeah. Somewhere. Where? <laughs> the, the wibbly wobbly of time. The wibbly know, wobbly we, of time. Okay, so this is delayed broadcast. We're not sure when you're getting it. Uh, we did record it on Friday, the 14th of September. And so if the news sounds like it's a little bit old, then that might be the case. But you might be hearing it on Monday. Yeah. Or some other day. But there is a way to listen to the live show. How do we listen to the live show, Lawson? You want to jump across to one of our stations across Australia, which is 87.6, 87.8, or 88. Or you want to go to our website, Faith FM. Half of those stations are delayed broadcast. That's the... Uh, uh, see, Lawson's new. Lawson just learned something new. Anyway. Or... Or... <laughs> You want to jump across to our website, Faith FM, and you can just click the button and you'll be listening live. There you go. Okay, so simple as that. The other way, of course, is to do what uh, most of us do, and that is by using the TuneIn app. Download the free version. Uh, make sure you get the free version. Don't pay for it. It'll cost you an arm and leg if you pay for it, but get the free version and uh, you'll be able to listen to us anywhere in the world uh, on the TuneIn app. You'll be good to go. Just yeah. pumping it, Faith FM. Mm-hmm. Across right around the world. Mon's over there in Germany right now listening, yep, to, listening the, to us. To the live show. To the live show. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, that's how you listen to the live show. That's why where you can um, you know get yourself involved in the quizzes and give us a call and comment and all that kind of stuff. And uh, um, yeah, all of the different uh, things that are taking place. Anyway, uh, coming up in today's show, I'm going to be talking about Nazis. Yeah, that's... Yep. A positively different story about <laughs> Nazis. Na- a positively different radio about yes, Nazis. Nazis. And I will be talking about cars and auctioning yes. them. And Lyle's super stoked. Muscle cars. Yeah. <laughs> the best story ever. Okay, so we know we're talking about these because it's already happened. But uh, these are some. And of course, we have an amazing interview coming up with Gemma. Mm-hmm. Gemma's coming right into the studio here to tell a story. Story, a conversion story, and a story of, of of personal sacrifice by a Christian lady of uh, significant proportions that resulted in her conversion. Stay tuned; you don't want to miss it.
That was Savannah Ellis with Love You Never Let Me Go here on Faith FM. And as we kick off the breakfast show today, we have a quiz question for you. Yes, we do. This is actually kind of a tricky one. I was I was looking at it before. I'm like, man, this is this is a little bit tr- more tricky than yesterday. Um, but I, I feel like there will be people out there who'll get it. And if they don't lie, I will. Oh, least. by the way, we had a question yesterday. Oh, we did. Someone's wondering whether you are here to stay or whether Mon's just ever coming back. Um... Well, I guess it's up to the fans. <laughs> no, it's not actually up to the fans. I, I am a temporary replacement. Filling in for Mon. Yep. And no, I, we, 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 we are super excited that you're filling in for Mon. Yeah, so oh, I, love, I love doing it. I love being here. I love, you know, seeing this Faith FM symbol in front of me. Oh, well, we just love talking to you guys on air. Dude, it's... it's yeah, we love the people. So send us text messages. Just let us know that you're out there, wherever you're from. Um, just hit us up and tell, like, because I'd actually like to know how how wide is our scope? You know, who are we reaching? We are we, re- we are reaching from one side of the continent to the other. Well, I'd like to East see to west, it. north to south. So send us in some text messages at oh four nine one zero six four six six nine and let us know how your day is, what you're up to, whatever it is, because we love to hear from you guys. But we do have a quiz, and this quiz is a what city am I quiz, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a change of pace. But anyway, here is the first clue. It was here that Joshua set up 12 stones from the River Jordan as a memorial. Mm -hmm. Let me think. No. You're incorrect, Lyle. You're incorrect. Don't got it yet. Don't got it yet. Okay, so there's still two prizes available. Yeah. Had a crack at it. Missed it. So give us a call. 1-800-324-843. Grab your Bibles. Look it up. You know what? What you at least know what book of the Bible to be looking in to find the answer to this one, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it would um, it should be um, relatively easy to find, I would think. Anyway, <laughs> but I've already got it wrong, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. So I shouldn't be saying that too loud. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. Two prizes out there if you can get it before I do. All right. So what have we got in positively different news this morning? We've got Lawson? some positive news that is kind of sad, but has a positive ending. Um, so over a hundred thousand dollars was raised at an electric garage auction last week. An electric garage auction. Yeah, it's a, a car What's- auction. So a big, big car auction. An electronic, like as in? No, 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 no. Ah. The, the, it, the, the oh. L, that's the brand is called oh, electric garage. They're selling. Electric cars? No. No? No. It's it the, the place is called Electric Okay, Garage. so like we have Pickles auctions. This this is a uh, this is called uh, that yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Right, Don't right. get too overexcited. Right. That right. that would be really cool, but Yeah, I was I'm, I'm Man, maybe we, maybe we should hit it up. It's yeah. so <laughs> awesome having you here on the radio because we get to talk about cars in the morning during the positively different section. Yes, we do. And actually this is this is a really beautiful story. Like I said, it has a start a sad beginning. Um it was the hundred thousand dollars was raised for two orphans who lost their parents in a tragic motorcycle accident. Mm. Um on, on May fifth, twenty eighteen, Nicole and Brent Kerry Luke went for a motorcycle ride and were instantly killed when hit by a truck near near Alberta. Um it's a super tragic story and they had a six year old and a three year old named uh, Liam and Ariel, who were who are now being cared for by their their grandparents Ben and Marilyn. Um, anyway, uh, Brent, the the father, was working on a 1973 Pontiac Parisian. I'm pretty sure Parisian. Yep, yep. Uh, old old school muscle uh-huh, car type uh-huh. type thing. Um, 
yeah, they were working on it uh, to, to restore it and didn't get completely finished. But, you know, because they're, they're in a bit of a tough financial situation, they took it to the electric garage auctions um, to, you know, see if they could get anything for it. And it was actually bought and donated back three times. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. It's it That's was, amazing. It That's was outstanding. Amazing. Yeah, so originally the car sold for $29,000 and uh-huh. then was donated back. Yeah. So then they ran another auction for it, like the, you know, immediately, and it was sold for $30,000 and then donated back again. Um, then it was sold for another $20,000 and then donated back again. So. Man, it was just so this is not an auction that is um, like, let's have a charity auction. This is just a this car auction. This is just auction. a car auction. It's just a car auction. And some people have turned up, they've heard the story behind it and gone, you know what? We're going to do something good for these kids. Yeah. It's, it's there are some good people in our world. Yeah, Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Honestly, people have that thing in their heart to help people. And, and it's really good too because um, the, the children actually have, you know, very intense um hearing impairments oh so they the reason why they needed the money was because they have to make trips from alberta to calgary in canada um to constantly be able to to do treatment and these kinds of things and um the fact that you know this car auction you know just it's it's not like the car auction was helping out it's just the people who were people who turned up heard the story and uh just yeah yeah so it's uh, like those guys would be so thankful. And it's just amazing to see that people out there... You know, and this is people that are donating money. They're not getting a, um, you know, a tax break on this or anything like that, like we often do when we donate to charities. It's not uh, It's not like, oh, I've made too much money this year. I need to get my my, uh, my tax bill down a bit so I make some big donations. No, they're just donating out of the goodness of their heart and yeah. bidding on, on, a, on a absolutely gorgeous piece of machinery you got a photo of that car there i want to see this car oh it's it's red I, I i don't have like a direct photo be red. but it's i I've got, it's in the back here it's got nice chrome paint it's pretty it's pretty good looking car that is just a gorgeous car that is an incredibly good car. <laughs> so, this is I'm what happened. Lawson and Lyle, we just sit right. here and ogle over <laughs> <Yeah>. cars. We'll <laughs> have to post a picture of that up on our fo- on our social media for you for so sure. that you can actually see this um, incredible piece of machinery. <laughs> <laughs> but praise God for the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Anyway, moving on. Uh, record numbers of volunteers set to clean up UK beaches this weekend. Oh, good. Which is awesome. The organisers of the annual Great British uh, Beach Clean say that they expect to see a record number of volunteers helping out. Mm-hmm. So this is a you know an annual four-day event that, that happens over this weekend. And yeah, it's been happening for like the last 24 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially in this day and age, the, I guess, climate um, change awareness has become so much more... Plastic in the ocean. Yeah, plastic all that kind of in stuff. Yeah, all these different things has become so much more aware to, I guess, the, the mainstream public uh, conscience. And um, yeah, so that we're gonna that they're gonna see a record number of people coming out and helping clean up the beach. We need to find out when our beach clean up day is. They must have one for Newcastle, surely. I think so. We need to we need to find that out. We need to do a bit of googling and find out when that is. And I remember a big promotion because this is a big issue. I mean, they did one uh, a few months back. I forget exactly which organisation it was, and in two hours they picked up ten thousand tons of plastic. Dude, <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Well, it's it's awesome to see because, like, in 2017, um, 6,944,644 volunteers attended the beach cleans at 330 locations across the UK. So, it's already a big thing. But 
you know, 7,391 uh, 7, volunteers have already pre-registered for 432 cleanups. Oh, so, wow. like, this, this is, is the, this is growing this is the this is pre-registry. So, imagine the people that are just going to turn up on the day, you know, because those um, kinds of things well, attract thing is, people. The thing is, you think about it, what's not to enjoy about going for a walk on the beach? Dude. I love going for a walk on the beach. So, if you're going for a walk on the beach, carry a bag. Yeah. Fill it up. <laughs> How hard can that be? Yeah, and especially for a married man like you, you know, you've got one hand in your wife's hand and the other hand with a, ba- a plastic bag that's <laughs> plastic picking bag up. Plastic bag full of rubbish, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, cute, what could cute, be more r- romantic? R- romantic date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. <laughs> what are we going to do with you? Dude, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on it, okay? Give me, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why Lawson is single, everyone. This is, this, we, we have discovered it. It's his concept. Of romance, it's kind of um, it's a bit skewed, a bit skewed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we need to find you. What we need to find you is a uh, is a girlfriend who's just super greeny, <laughs> yeah. and uh, who just thinks that's the most romantic thing ever is to go and pick up garbage on the beach. <laughs> Love All your it. problems are solved. Stare at the sunset and pick up garbage. <laughs> pick up garbage. <laughs> you know, I, I I I do pride myself on my recycling. Like I, I do awesome. a good job at recycling, especially because actually the first time that I came, I came in here, we were talking a lot about recycling. It was me, Mon and Taryn, and we were like speaking about recycling and stuff. And that made me really conscious. I was like, man, I need to step my recycling game up. So, dude, I, I've got those yellow bins like on, on tap, like it's we're killing it out here. What frustrates me about those yellow bins is they only get picked up every fortnight. Should be the other way around, dude. Because I, I can re- I can recycle twice as much as I can throw in the rubbish. Oh, for sure. How many? How much like food packaging do you have? Like, yeah, like, and nearly all of it's got that little recycle symbol on it. Yeah, and it's like, why do they? Why do they only pick up the recycling every fortnight? What kind of a message is that sending out? You know, they need to bring that around more <laughs> often because if they brought that around every week and took the other one every second week, I could handle that easy. I can rake. You know, it'd be no problem. And any, I think it'd encourage you to recycle. Yeah, of course it would. Uh, anyway, we need to move on with our show this morning. We're going to listen to Anders Svensson, uh, Heal Our Land. Well, that's a, that, that is um, quite appropriate, I think, to the subject that we have just <laughs> been talking about. I'm going to talk more about these kind of subjects coming right up after this.
to and fro, seeking peace, seeking comfort and hope in a restless And you were just listening to Heal Our Land, a very fitting song for uh, <laughs> yeah. what we were just talking about and what we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But before we get on to something a little bit more serious, uh, what's our next clue for the quiz? Oh, the next clue is, again, this is a What City Am I quiz. Mm-hmm. And the next clue is, this is where Elisha cured a pot of poisonous stew. I still don't have it. Ooh, I still don't have dude, it. Dude, I told you it's, it's tricky, man. <laughs> yeah, this one, this I still don't have this one. Okay, there's still two prizes available for you, so give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number, or text us on 0491-064-669. And don't forget, of course, our brand new YouTube channel. Mm. Okay, so jump across to YouTube, do a quick search for Faith FM. You'll find our YouTube channel right there with uh, lots of questions of the day that are going up there on YouTube. So give it some support, follow it, uh, make some comments. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, it's an awesome thing. Yes, it is. Now, Lyle, hit me hit me with some news. I'm, I'm pumped for this okay, climate so I'm, change I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of becoming a member of the Nazi party. No, I'm not. Whoa, hey, <laughs> now that is some news. That is some news. Uh. <laughs> no, I was doing some research. I was doing some research and found that the Nazis during the Second World War were into healthy eating. Okay. And they were super into um, a, a low meat, high uh, vegetable diet. Mm-hmm. Um, they were somewhat opposed to tobacco and alcohol because mm-hmm. they, they were, you know, and, and you've got to understand some of the reasons behind this. One of the reasons behind this, of course, was that they were trying to build the master race, the master super Aryan race, you know, mm-hmm. white supremacists, all this kind of foolishness. And they rightly concluded that if they ate better, they would be a healthier society. And so they started to promote eating better. They, of course, being extremely nationalistic, believed that uh, food produced from German soil was the best food for Germans. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to have food that was produced from from German soil. But behind the scenes, there was more to it than just that. You see, um, Adolf Hitler and his cronies recognized that they'd lost the First World War. This is is my history, please. I love history. They'd lost the First World War in Germany because they lost the home front. Mm-hmm. So the home front is you know where you've got all your civilians behind the scenes running the war machine, 
And when they started to starve, they started to revolt against the government. And if you don't have support from the home front, you're not going to have Mm -hmm. a main front. It's as simple as that. And so when the home front collapsed, they've got riots in the streets, they've got, you know, people at the upper levels of society being arrested for stealing potatoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've lost the war. Yeah, for sure. And so they recognised that if they were going to go to war, they needed to be able to provide food without imports. They needed to be Mm self-sustaining. They've only got a certain amount of Germany. Germany's only... Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not very infinite. Big. It is not infinite. And they're taking on the whole world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's only Adolf Hitler would. And they recognized that not only was a largely plant-based veg- uh, vegetarian diet going to be better for the health in building their, you know, their super master Aryan race, mm-hmm. but also it would produce, they could produce a lot more food from Germany uh, through plant-based food than through meat-based food. Yeah, for sure. And so it would make Germany far more self-sustainable and far less dependent on imports from other countries that were going to stop you know, exporting to them as soon as they went to war. Mm. And so that sort of, yeah, you know, I was looking that through like, oh, that's actually, um, you can see where they're coming from there and that, that kind of been a bad, you know, can never be a bad thing to move towards a more plant-based diet and get rid of tobacco and alcohol and, you know, these kind of <laughs> things that, you know, and of course in their minds it was all military-based. You know, a drunk soldier can't fight well, a soldier with no lungs can't fight well mm. and so let's get rid of this um, from our society because it's just, you know, it's all about, you know, physique and health and, and uh and fighting ability. So I started, I thought, okay, I'll do some quick research and find out how big is the difference between what you can produce on land between, say, meat mm. and uh, plant-based foods. Yeah. And so looking at that um, from a protein perspective, um, one acre of soya beans will produce 120 kilograms of protein. Mm-hmm. One acre of rice will produce 100 kilograms of protein. One acre of beef will produce, guess how much kilograms of protein? How many? Uh, take, take a guess. Take a guess. Uh, uh, similar amount? A less amount? 80? Seven kilograms. Ooh. <laughs> That's pretty significant, right? Yeah. That's pretty significant. So um, soybeans, I'll just run those through again. Soybeans, 120 kilograms per acre. Um, rice, 100 kilograms per acre, and beef, 7 kilograms mm. per acre. That's so beef is probably the most um, uneconomical form of use, use of land that, that, that we have. Mm. I think not only that, like I, um, you know, back in, back in my earlier days when I was really into, I was really into fitness because of my uh, motorcycle racing career, mm-hmm. I remember, yeah, you know, being around lots of really fit people in the gym and all these things, and they're all so into like, you know, meat eating. They're all like, oh, yeah, we need to get our protein. They eat steak like every single meal. Yeah, and le- how many famous bodybuilders are there out there right now that are, you know, plant-based diets? You know, there's yeah. so many of them. There's an, you know, There's been this massive rise as of recently of, yeah, of because vegan bodybuilders. Yeah, because uh-huh. cause, um, like you cut out everything. That it's so much more of a direct way of, of getting protein. And I remember um, I, I had like myself, like a personal coach and trainer who was a little bit more like forward thinking um and i went from because yeah when i started my regime i was like eating steak all the time and just trying to get lots of protein to to fuel me um and he was like man this is ridiculous and so i went to a 
like a largely plant-based diet. Yes, I had, you know, meat in some of my meals, you know, whether it be chicken or beef or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I really, really cut down on the meat and that yielded so much better results. Um, Until now, like I'm... I'm pretty much a vegetarian now. Uh, I was vegan for four months last year. I'm a bit all over. <laughs> I'm a bit all over the place. But uh, <laughs> four months. But um, no, I can say that definitely because of grazing and everything that you've said. Like, it's, yeah, that's it's right. So much more economical. And too. if you look at it, the world today, well, in Australia, twenty percent of Australians self-identify as vegetarians. Mm-hmm. Um, Two billion people in our world today. Um, have a diet that is primarily meat, which means that the other 5 billion is primarily Mm plant-based. And, of course, that is uh, mostly amongst the poorer economies because, you know, obviously if you're a subsistence farmer and you don't have a lot of land, you you don't have enough land to raise um, animals. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Um, It takes 11 times greater energy input. So this is energy input, and a lot of this, of course, is coming from fossil fuels and all this kind of stuff to create meat than it does to create uh, plant-based foods. Dang. 11 times more. That's, that's, that's massive. Dude, yeah. So not only is it a, uh, you know, incredible health benefits with going plant-based, it's incredibly good for our planet. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it takes 100 times more water to produce meat than it does to produce grain, um, and that 100 times does not include the grain and the forage for the animal to eat. Mm. And so you're looking at about 200 litres of water per kilo of beef. 200,000 litres per of water per kilo of beef. That's to produce the grain, produce the drinking water, uh, produce the, the uh, foraging, um, etc. Now, of course, a lot of that water, you know, it's being recycled and it goes around the planet and yeah. comes back again, all that kind of thing. But that is just massively, that's, massively... That's next level, yeah. Yeah. Man, we need to, we need to slow down on the, on the beef, like... Well, this is interesting because if you look at population growth, mm-hmm. you know, population growth could potentially double in the next 100 years. Mm-hmm. That's not a very long period of time. And our world is already, you know, pretty overpopulated right now. Yeah. Yeah. We, it, it means that, you know, in countries like the United States, they've already recognized that um, their food production is not sustainable for their population. Yeah. They, 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 they just, you know, at the current rates of land usage and so forth and, of course, land degradation, um, it's simply not sustainable into the future. And so you, you, you look at that and it's like, well, you know, in 100 years' time, America won't be able to produce enough food to feed itself. What about the rest of the world? You know, where are we going to end up? And maybe, maybe becoming plant-based or more plant-based is the solution right there. Yeah, I actually remember when we when we surpassed like from six billion to seven billion, they were already saying that the world is like overpopulated, and we're just continuing down the line of population. Like our population is continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so for sure, with the like you said, the amount of things, um, the resources that we need to to produce um, animal products, it's it's becoming less and less worth it every day. And, of course, we're facing a crisis with it here in Australia because of our water issue being such a dry continent. So it's definitely something that we need to be thinking about. We're going to move on, and this is Chris Rice with O Freedom. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. 
I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free No more weeping No more weeping No more weeping over me And before I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free Chris Rice with O Freedom here on Faith FM and as we continue on with our breakfast show we have another clue for the quiz that has me puzzled. Yes. Lawson has just come on and is just like pulled out this quiz this this just like insanely difficult maybe Gemma's going to get it and embarrass me right now. <laughs> By the way, welcome to the show Gemma. Thank you. We're going to talk to Gemma in just a moment. But before we talk to Gemma, the next clue. The next clue. Again, this is a what city am I quiz and the next clue is it was here that the Israelites celebrated the Passover before battling Jericho. It's like right in... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then um, I take it from that clue that it then rules out Jericho. Yes. Mm. So if Jericho... They had the Passover right beside Jericho. What city is right beside Jericho? <sighs> Ooh. Okay, we're going to find the answer to this one. It has me puzzled. I can't believe we've gone through three clues already. And I thought, Gemma, do you know the answer to this one? I don't. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to leave that one up to you. <laughs> it's got me puzzled. <laughs> it has got me puzzled. The next clue should be a little bit of a help. It, it narrows it down a little all right, bit. All right, so. right, yeah, yeah, they, they have to get easier sooner or later. <laughs> Gemma, welcome to uh, the Faith FM Breakfast Show. Thanks for having me. Gemma, we, we want to hear about your story this morning. We want to hear your testimony. We want to hear who you are, where you come from, and uh, what God has done in your life. Life and now what you're doing for God these days. So um, where should we start? Where best do you come from? I am originally from Orange mm-hmm. um, and then I finished high school and is I it, moved. Is it Orange and Orange? It, no. Oh. A lot of, I get off, often people ask me that, like, is it Orange and Orange? But like, you know, before that I lived in Emerald. So I had a thing for colours apparently. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Is it is it green? Emerald's green, right? No. Brown. Brown. All kinds of brown. <laughs> Okay, and, and, and orange is what colour? Um, Brown? Orange gets orange. Okay. Autumn is a thing that exists in orange. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, it gets orange. Yeah, you probably don't get autumn in emerald, in emerald would you? No, just yeah. hot, dry summer all the time. Just brown. Yeah. Just brown, yeah. Okay, so you do get... Okay, so, yeah. Do they grow oranges in orange? A little. Okay. A little. Did you? No. Okay. 
<laughs> All right, so this is Gemma from Orange, and um, yeah, Gemma, how did you uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? Somewhat, kind of, I guess. So I grew up kind of having a general understanding that there was a God out there of mm-hmm. some description. So you're the, the average Aussie then. The average Aussie, yeah, pretty much. So I went to a uh, just a general Pentecostal church growing yep. up, um, mm-hmm. but like not not often. Every other weekend. Um, yeah, for pretty like most of my childhood. So it wasn't I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't kind of understand the gospel or who Jesus was or anything like that. I just kind of grew up knowing there's a God out there and he loves me and it's sweet. We're cool. cool. And that was yeah. pretty much it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did uh did was your family like the kind of family that had uh you know, family worship and that kind of thing at home? Oh, uh, never. It was a you go to church on Sunday morning. And you come home, tick and that, that's that. Tick that tick. box. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So when did it? When did it for you? When did it become more than just uh, tick the box every second Sunday? Yeah. Cool. So I finished high school in Orange, and I got accepted into university. So I hightailed it up to my university, which was Southern Cross University in Lismore, mm-hmm. and I went there for four years studying studying a bachelor's of education and music. Oh, cool. So you're a music teacher. I kind of. I didn't finish. My life got a little bit diverted. All right. To answer All your right. question, my yep. life got yep. a little All bit right. diverted. We're going to so get to that. What, what do you play? Uh, guitar, trombone, lots of different things to a mediocre standard. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be better than a mediocre standard to be teaching it. I, 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 suspect, I suspect Lawson, you, now you know Gemma better than, yeah. I, I've, I've sort of seen Gemma around a few times and, yeah. and uh, she's actually been in my class for a fortnight. But uh, you know Gemma real well, so so mediocre standard or better? She, dude, she's pretty good actually. Oh, it was actually it was it was really good. We were playing. We were actually hanging out last night. We were playing the piano, and I was like, I was playing the chords, and she was up playing the, uh, I don't know what you'd say, the the lead melody, the melody. That's that's it. That's the one. The other bit, because yeah, I I I'm also a mediocre musician, um, <laughs> and together we make mediocre yeah, we're, music. We're, we're great. super mediocre together, but it's it's good. Actually, we went busking a couple of weeks ago. And that was oh, okay. that was really fun. Um, actually, do you know uh, Katie Katie Woodward, right? I do. Katie yeah. Woodward goes to my church. Exactly. Uh, yeah, she's a, plays the violin amazingly. Yes, yes. She is above mediocre. She oh, is very much. So. She is brilliant. Uh, she is an orchestral violin player, and so we go we busking. Took her busking. Yep. Yeah, we took her busking, and I'm there playing guitar and, and singing, and, and Gemma was also playing guitar, and then she was she was the money maker, you know. She <laughs> she because she knows how to play like really good. So I would just play something and she'd just like listen to it by ear and be like okay yeah we'll we'll play that and and then just like play along with us and it was it was amazing but yeah no i i consider Gemma to be to be quite legit <laughs> i i i rate Gemma like she she can cool. play cool cool good to hear all right so you're up in lismore you're doing um a ba in uh music teaching education yep, that kind of thing yep. uh you've got a career lined out in front of you teaching music that was the plan that was the plan. It's not currently the plan anymore, but that was the plan. Yeah, I can kind of, I kind of get that impression because um, I see you doing other things these days. I am. So yeah, I did my, I did my uni degree, or I nearly did my uni degree. Um, yeah. So when I moved away from home, I kind of just enjoyed everything that uni had to offer, which included a lot of parties. Yes. A lot of very, very late nights, a lot of very early mornings, a lot a late, of mistakes, I, I, I think. Late, late night last night, Gemma. I did, I did. I, maybe this, I haven't shaken that totally. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, lo- lots of drinking, lots of partying, lots of hanging out with friends, doing some not good things. But at right. the time, it was just life. It was just normal. It's just what everybody yeah, did yeah, going yeah. to do. Okay, so you're still the average Aussie. Yeah, yeah. I had no concept of, you know, right or wrong or God, and there was no relationship with God, so I was just kind of following suit for what I saw. What changed? Um, I... 
had a friend in my first year of uni and she used to go to a seventh um on a Salvation Army church, sorry, she went to a she went to a Salvo church, mm-hmm. and she invited me to a non denominational Christian club that they had on campus, and I was like, oh, it's not really my thing. I kind of came up here to avoid what my parents believed, to kind of avoid what I grew up knowing about God. I don't really want to go to that. It's not my thing. But I still kind of had some morals and some values in me from my childhood going to church yeah, every good. now and then. Praise God. Yeah. So she invited me for a full year, and I turned her down for a full year. She was very persistent. Like, how often would she invite you? Once a week at least. <laughs> Because this club, this club ran once a week. So like every yeah, Wednesday yeah. without fail, she'd be like, so I'm going to the evangelistic Christian club thing tonight. Do you want to come? And I'd be like, no, every week without fail. And she never gave up. She never gave up on me. And I'm thankful to her so much this day for what she did, because without her, I probably wouldn't be where <laughs> I am. I've always said, I have, have I, Lawson, have I always said, I've always said that uh, persistence is the greatest um, characteristic that a Bible worker can have, right? I've, I've heard you say that before. Yeah. I thought I could make the joke that I'd never heard you say that, but no, I've definitely heard you say that. <laughs> so, so, yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. I'm living proof of how that actually works. All right, so for a whole year, yep. you're like, no. Yep, exactly. And then one day it's... The beginning of next year, okay? I'm like, okay, it's been a year at uni. I've survived one year. She's asked me for a whole year. I've said no. Beginning of my second year, I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm not going to give in. It's going to be fine. I can put up with this. First week, orientation week, right? So this is before uni classes have even begun. Uh-huh. O week, she's like, would you like to come to our kickoff event? <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I'll go. Okay. You've been asking me for a year. I'm getting over this. I will go to your kickoff event. Okay. So this and is like, so you're, so are you thinking, are you thinking at this particular point, I'll go once, then she'll shut up? Exactly. Exactly that. I'm like, okay. So if I give into her just once and yeah. I go this one time, she'll be like, okay, she came and then I can play it off and I'll be like, oh, I'm sick or I'm tired or, you know, I'll come up with whatever excuse I needed to to not go again. And she'd be happy that I attended once. Mm-hmm. Right. So I went to this thing and it was a scavenger hunt and it was great. There were tons of people. It was lots of fun. Everyone was really friendly. There was no Bible talk. There was no, they just prayed before dinner and I was like, okay, I can handle that. Like mm-hmm. praying. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. I'll just close my eyes and stand here awkwardly for a second. It'll be okay. So I survived. I survived the scavenger hunt. It all went well. It was tons of fun. I met great people and I was like, okay. I've done that. I've ticked that box. I'm not going back. End of story. You yep. would think. Yep. Next week. Next week. Next week. I ended up in hospital. Okay. So the story. Okay. The Wasn't story expecting that. Up a bit. Oh, yes, I, was, I was expecting <laughs> next week. Same friend comes back and says you're coming back again. But no, you're in hospital. You'd think. Now. No, I'm going to give you an exciting story today. No, you would think that was where the story was going. But no, I ended up in hospital. I actually had some severe stomach pains and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. And I called my mum and I was like, "What do I do?" And she said, "Go to the hospital." And I was like, "Okay." So I went to the hospital. And over a period of the following two months, I spent in hospital and I had my appendix removed and then I had my gallbladder removed. So Ouch. I am missing some internal organs. Mm-hmm. It's a little, um, bit, little bit gutless. Yeah. So I, yeah, it was stuck in hospital for two months, right? So uni had like well and truly kicked off at this point, right? So I'd missed the first two months of study, right? Because I'm stuck in hospital, yep. living in Lismore. All my family's in Orange. I have no friends, okay? Except the friends that I used to party and drink with. Now, while I'm in hospital, I was thinking that I would at least get some visitors, right? You would think so. You would think that somebody would uh-huh. come and visit me, right? Uh-huh. Nobody came to visit me during my no whole one. two months of hospital. <laughs> no nobody way. came to visit me. Oh, that's so terrible. None of my drinking buddies came uh-huh. to say hi. So, you just 
That's a pretty lonely place. Do you yes. get to uh, you know make friends with people in the ward? I did. There yeah. were some very nice nurses. So yeah. I've been in hospital. Good. We used to. I just we had so much fun. There was four of us in the ward, and we'd just <laughs> insult each other all day long. Yes, as as blokes do, <laughs> <laughs> and stir each other up and like, yeah, here comes that nurse with a big rusty needle again, and she's coming for you. <laughs> so one day, about halfway through my um, time at hospital, um, this lady showed up, um, and she said, "Hi, Gemma. This is my name. Like, do you remember me?" And I'm looking at her, and I'm going. Okay, I'm like on drugs at this point, like heavy painkillers after mm-hmm. surgery. Like mm-hmm. I'm a little bit groggy and out of it. And she's like, do you remember who I am? And I'm looking at her going, she looks familiar, but I'm not quite sure. And she's like, um, I was at that Christian party, scavenger hunt that you went to in orientation week. And I was like, okay, how do you know I'm here? And she's like, your friend who invited you, she told me and we've been praying for you. And I was like, Okay, I don't know what to do with this at this point. I'm like, this is interesting. Okay, so she comes back the following day just to sit with me and chat with me and talk about what I like, talk about my interests, movies, music, what I'm doing, where I wanted to become a teacher, all that kind of thing. She would just come and have conversation with me. She showed up every second day for my full two months in hospital. You have got to be joking. She came back every couple of days to visit me just Uh to talk to me. Uh-huh. Mm. She didn't approach me about a Bible study. She didn't ask me about the Bible. She didn't ask me about my Christian upbringing or anything like that. She just wanted to talk. That is mm. sensate. That is Christianity in practice right there. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, how does somebody who doesn't know me from a bar of soap, they don't know my background, they don't know what I've done, yeah. yet she's giving up her life, her time, her day, her hours, driving to meet me at the hospital uh-huh. to come and visit me. Like... And I'm in I'm hospital for two I'm months. Mind blown. If only we could have more Christians like this. Where yeah. I mean, where are they? <laughs> Keep going. So I'm in ho- story. Yeah, I'm in hospital for like two months. My obviously, I'm not doing very well, like emotionally or mentally, at this point because I'm stuck in a hospital after surgery. Yeah. No yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah, she keeps coming back, and I'm like, if this is what real Christianity is, I want some of that. Like, mm-hmm. she's got her life together. It looks like right. Mm-hmm. Like she's mm-hmm. giving up her time. You know, for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm not worth anything. Like why the heck would she be here? But for me. And I was like, all right. We think you're worth a lot, Gemma. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) But at the time, I couldn't see much in myself and I couldn't see why she would want to hang out with me. But she did. And after I got out of hospital, she continued to just hang out with me and just be my friend. And as the year went on, we ended up being really, really good friends. Um, And it got to the point of about six months down the track into my second year of uni. And she was like, would you like to read the Bible with me? And I was like, you know what? You've put in this much time and effort for me. I'll give you a chance. And yep. we started doing Bible studies together. And some of the stuff she was saying just made sense. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of clicked for me from that point. And mm-hmm. I was like, the religion and the things that I was learning as a kid didn't click for me because I never saw it in practice. Mm-hmm. I never saw it in action. But for her, showing me the love of God through what she was doing, it all just clicked. And it wow. made so much sense to me. And from then on, I just kept digging and digging and digging to try and learn more. Mm. That is an amazing story. That Okay, right there, this is a challenge. This is a challenge for every Christian who is out there to be like Gemma's friend, to find somebody wherever, and might be in hospital, it might be some completely different circumstance, whatever it might be, but to find that person and to make a friend with them and to lead them to Christ. You know, if, if imagine what our world would be like if every Christian was like your friend. Mm. Mm. Now, what are you doing for God? We've got a, a minute and a half left. What are you doing for God now? 
Well, I yeah kept digging into my degree, kept digging into God. I jumped around to a lot of different churches. I went to a Presbyterian church, Baptist church, Salvation Army church, you name a denomination. Odds are I've been there and I've spent some time there trying to figure out what's what because there are so many options out there and I was trying to wrap my head around which one's the right one. And everybody has slightly different opinions on every little thing that they could have an opinion on. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out where exactly to go. Where you put that? <laughs> where to go, right? So um, this non-denominational Christian club that I was in on campus had a lot of people from a lot of different churches and I jumped around a lot Um, and I'd about given up. Like I knew there was God and I'd given my life to Jesus and I was going to follow him, but I just couldn't find my footing in a church. Mm. I just couldn't figure out where God wanted me Um, until my friend was like, well, would you like to come with me to church this weekend? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll see you on Sunday. And she's like, oh, actually we meet on a Saturday. And I was like, okay, that's a bit weird, but righto, I'll come along. So I went to church. Turns out it was a Seventh-day Adventist church in Lismore. And I was like, these guys are pretty cool. They seem to know what's going on. And I started doing studies with them and I had some big questions, um, but they were able to answer my questions in a way that none of the other churches I went to could. So that's how I ended up where I am now. <laughs> and uh, now you're doing uh, Bible work and leading other people to Jesus. That's it. Yeah, amazing. Fantastic. That's just awesome. Gemma, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Um, really appreciate your story. Great testimony right there and a real challenge to uh, all of our listeners. We're going to move on. This is Michael Yazazi and Martha Barlow. A flower grows And I believe that somewhere In the darkest night A candle glows I believe for everyone Who goes astray Someone will to Faith FM, positively different radio.
said a dreadful curse for my soul Do bear the dreadful curse for my soul And as a pastor and counselor, I'm going to tell you a question I get asked all the time. And that is, 
why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? People always wonder how a loving God could let so many bad things happen. Not knowing the right answer to these questions can have a profound impact on one's mental and spiritual health. So come along to the Warabrook Community Center at 10 a.m. on Saturday, September 22. We are hosting Danny Milenko to share scriptural answers to this question. Visit discoverhopeseries.com for more.